Hello and welcome back to West Coast Roundup Episode 2. I'm your host Sam Blon. We've missed the last couple weeks, but we have a lot to catch up on, so let's get right into it. Starting with the power rankings for the West Coast Conference. Number one, Gonzaga. 7-1, lost to Duke. Still a top four team. A lot of potential there. Struggle with Tarleton State, which gives me a little bit of worries, but Tarleton State really took away what Gonzaga likes to do when they played them really well. Number two, BYU. They're, they may be changing soon. They had the loss to Utah Valley. I don't see that too bad. Utah Valley's a good team, but the bigger issue is Gavin Baxter going out. That post depth is going to be tested. It's It was already thin, and now it's thinner. So we'll see how they do. St. Mary's, close the gap to BYU. Before, I had Gonzaga 1, BYU 2. Big ga- uh, decent gap to St. Mary's at 3. But with Gavin Baxter getting injured and St. Mary's just beating Utah State, that gap is closing. So St. Mary's 3 for now. Wouldn't be surprised if they push for that two spot, depending how they do on this final stretch of their non-conference. they got some quality mid-major opponents scheduled. They keep winning. I think they'll be pushing for a two spot maybe. Number four, I got San Francisco. 8-0, got wins over UAB, Davidson, Nevada. But they don't have the win against that power five you're looking for quite yet. Um, Arizona State, they have later in the schedule. But they're not... Not very good this year. Arizona State struggled. They just put up less than 30 against Washington State. So I expect San Fran to win that one. Um, still Power 5, yes, but um, they just, they have a lot of good mid, mid-majors on their schedule. No Power 5s. So I have them at the 4, but I think San Fran is definitely a team that could push for a top 3 spot. Santa Clara, number 5. Santa Clara is a great team. Great offense. Biggest issue. I think they would be undefeated if they have Rankage. You got Mono. He's been out the last couple games, and I'll give him credit. Great win versus TCU, but I mean, they needed him, I think, in these two losses when they've struggled for some offense. Rankage can really provide, and he takes the burden off of some of these other the other players that can score for Santa Clara. He distracts the def- defense and can draw some attention away from them, which allows him to have some better shots and easier buckets. So Santa Clara, five, but I could see him. The talent on the team's there. It's the best team Herb, I think, has had at uh, Santa Clara. So they're at five now. Can see him pushing top four once conference play comes around and they're healthy. LMU, down to sixth. Swapped them with Santa Clara. They're f- four and three, but they've, they, they've been struggling. They have not lived up to expectations. I will give them this. Damian Douglas just got back. He was coming off injury. He's someone I had as all-conference this year. So that was a big loss. Jalen Anderson looked really good first game. He's been injured, and he's probably one of their better offensive players. So they're missing some pieces, but four and three is not where I expect them to be, even if they didn't have those pieces. So I have them at number six. Number seven, I have San Diego. The talent's there for San Diego, but they've dropped a couple games. Didn't change their spot from last time I had an episode. Kept them at seven, but I just... I, they should be better than that 4-5 and five record. They've dropped some games that they uh, shouldn't have, or they've lost some close ones. They could really be a team that's right up there with Santa Clara. I mean, they could have a very good record, but they've just dropped close games and haven't performed in uh, some like they're expecting to. Number 8, Portland, 7-2. and two. Haven't played that anyone that well. A little bit of an unknown, but wow, 7-2. and two. I mean, that's better than anything uh, Porter could have put together. So this is fantastic for Portland, and they look like a much better team already. Number nine, Pepperdine moves up a spot. 
I like the freshmen a lot. <laughs> Their freshmen are so good. They have a turnover issue, and they've been struggling, but... Their games have, a lot of them have been close. I mean, just like San Diego, there's games they barely lose that could really flip if a couple things went different, which obviously, I mean, you could say that about a lot of games. Uh, and when you're 2-7, and seven, it's a trend that you're losing bad game, or losing games, so you can't just say if they were to win. But compare them to number 10 Pacific, who I dropped the spot. I mean, Pepperdine has UC Davis win. And Pacific just lost to UC Davis. Their wins are over 2D, two, not even Division One teams, and then two bottom, bottom of all Division One teams. I mean, Chicago State has had issues with their program. They're basically a D2 almost. And then Arkansas Pine Bluff, no offense to them, but they're not that great of a D1 either. So Pacific really has four wins against teams that aren't really competitive and um the they've lost to other teams that they think they should have been more competitive with or won so i have pacific 10 some team notes i mean byu looking forward their defense and their versatility is incredible and their depth is great spencer johnson off the bench has been one of their better play, best players this year he's been consistently good in every game but the loss of gavin baxter has me worried um I think people are overreacting about the Utah Valley loss. Utah Valley is a team that's going to be pushing for the WAC title this year. And they had power... Uh, IMAC, AMAC is one of the best power forwards in the nation. And BYU struggles already because you saw, like, post-depth is not quite there yet. So AMAC had just had a good game. I mean, it was unfortunate. BYU also couldn't hit a shot. It's probably one of their worst performances they've had. So you look at that, and I think BYU will be fine. But the loss of Gavin Baxter, it's going to be interesting to see how they go forward and um, maybe giving Ali Atiki some more minutes where you go small like they did and put Caleb Lohner at the five. But they're going to struggle with teams, I think, with a lot of height. I mean, Gonzaga, yeah, they are going to have to hit their shots if they want to beat them because they're going to get, I think, really – they're going to struggle with them on the inside. And there's a lot of teams. Santa Clara has some big men. St. Mary's loves to run through the post. So we'll see um, how BYU does with their post defense. Because they were doing great before, even though they're undersized. But, I mean, you're just a little bit stretched thin now. Gonzaga had interesting run. I mean, UCLA, Texas, two teams they just destroyed. And so, you, I, I mean, I didn't see them as a clear number one. I saw Duke, I see Baylor, I see Purdue, and Gonzaga all in the same category in that top four. I think one of those four teams will win it all. And Duke happened to win that one, but, I mean... Both teams in the Duke Gonzaga game, I think they're very, very evenly matched. I mean, both teams messed up on a lot of stuff and could have been, could have done better to win the game. So I think uh, that game was one of the most high quality games I've seen. And also, both teams could have played better. So both teams are still young and developing. So it'll be interesting to see how they are in March. And then Gonzaga comes off of that game versus Tarleton State. And I was at this game. I mean, they struggled. It did not look like a Gonzaga team. Um, Tarleton State did everything they hate. They really, they wasted all the shot clock. They pressured the Gonzaga guards, which you saw in the Duke game. They did not like the pressure. They started turning the ball over. I mean, they left Nemhard on an island in the Duke game, and he was struggling to cope with all the pressure there, sent him and doubled. They had double teamed him off of screens. And Tarleton State, they did a great job in defense. They were flying around. They were physical at the post. They didn't let Timmy and Holgram just get their post position, and they wanted to. 
they'd rather foul him than let them get good positioning. And fair enough to them because Timmy struggled shooting at the line. I mean, he's sub-70% shooter, so you'd rather have him taking those than get his easy uh, layups he gets. And then they really pressured the Gonzaga for, uh, point guards and guards and uh, made them have turnovers, which has been an issue for Gonzaga. You're a young team. Uh, they do have guard depth and uh, or guard experience and Bolton and Emhard, but uh, Nemhard has been struggling and been turning over, even though he's been a great guard. He's been one of the best facilitators in college basketball this year, but, I mean, he's struggled with some pressure at times. You saw it in the Baylor game. You saw it in the Duke game, Baylor game last year, the Duke game this year, and Tarleton State. I mean, the pressure, uh, he does not like people getting right up in him. And so kudos to Tarleton State. They made a game out of that. was not fun to watch. Very slow, uh, very just grinded out game, but they managed to win. I think Gonzaga's going to be not a struggle as much. I think that's just Tarleton State. I mean, they had a great game plan, and they stuck to it. LMU, the transfers aren't living up to your expectations. Cam Shelton's finally, finally starting to be more aggressive, becoming more of a factor on offense, but he needs to be more than this. He's not living up to what they expected. Kwame Marble has struggled. He's getting less than five points a game, and then your center, Alex Merck, <laughs> sorry, Merck Villadiz, butchered that he's been kind of a non-factor so i mean you have these three transfers who you're expecting to be a uh, pretty good for him and gary harris um also you have these transfers that you're expecting to be a big part of your team and all of them have struggled uh, especially offensively and um their their flow offensively hasn't been that great but they've picked it up recently and joe quintana is a big part of that he has caught fire recently he's been a great player for uh, lmu especially on offense hidden threes really getting it going and now eli scott has a uh, picked up where he's left off and he's starting to play like the all-conference big you know him as. But, I mean, the loss to Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon coming back, that's tough, especially after you had the big comeback win over SMU. Fought off a tough Prairie View. I mean, there, that was a close game. And then you were up on Grand Canyon. I think that would have been a big momentum uh, win, winning three in a row. But losing that one is tough. And well, I would like to see LMU rebounds because I think this is a big year for Stan Johnson. I mean, they were expected to make the tourney. Um, I think at the very least, with those type of expectations, you want to finish top five. They have had the injuries, like I said. Douglas and Anderson, big parts of their team. Um, so hopefully once they get back, uh, you'll see the LMU, what people thought they would be. I mean, they look decent versus Chattanooga. They had turnovers. They have the same issues. I mean, LMU struggled to not turn the ball over last year, and they brought in Shelton, who they thought was a true point guard. But they still have the turnover bug. And it's just got to be fixed. They got to get some more shooting. Alipiev's out too. He's a good shooter. So I'll like to see how LMU does when they're fully healthy. Even though that might not happen, we'll see. Pacific. I mean, they haven't, like I said, they haven't beaten anyone of note. I'm kind of worried about how they are. I think I put them bottom because they just haven't beaten anyone that has truly not mattered, but is impressive. Um, they've lost a couple close games. UTEP, Hawaii was close, and then you thought, or then it looks. UC Davis, they lost to. All three solid teams, but I mean, I think they should. They need to pick up a win against one of those for me to be more impressed. I like seeing uh, Nick Blake starting to get more in the fold. I thought he was going to be a big man for Pacific this year, and now he's starting to get going. Pepperdine, they have a big turnover issue, and they've had a couple brutal losses. Lost to Utah Valley when they hit a buzzer beater to send it overtime, and then they just dominated in overtime. 
that was tough. Um, that was a big, uh, tough loss to digest. Fresno State was a really close game. Uh, they ended up losing by seven that one, but Pepperdine had a chance late to tie it, missed a shot. Grand Canyon was a three-point loss. So this Pepperdine team is really young, but they've been getting some te- good teams runs for their money. I mean, the big, the worst game for them was that UC Irvine loss, 48-82. But, I mean, it's what you expect. This young team has a lot of work to do. I mean, turnovers are a big issue. Shot selection is my biggest issue with Pepperdine. They do not take that good of shots. And, I mean, I think it reflects in their offense when you have bad shot selection and a lot of turnovers. You're not going to be scoring that many points per game. And, I mean, they're 319th out of 358 teams in NCAA. But it's a young team, so what you want to see is that Mike Mitchell and Houston Mullet develop over the year, and they've looked like some of the best players for Pepperdine, along with Jan Zedek. So your top three scores are people that are all going to be back next year. So they're just building a good foundation uh, I think for the future. And then Maxwell Lewis, he finally came back. I was high on him. I thought he was going to be just as good as Mike Mitchell and Houston Millette. 5.7 points game. I mean, an athletic guy that can shoot the ball. I mean, those three, I mean, he's looked good uh, and he's starting to get more into the offense as it goes. But those three are going to be a big part for the future and they've already are getting a lot of minutes. So I think Pepperdine, you're really just seeing this team, what you want to see as Pepperdine fan, maybe not have too high expectations, but have... Just look for the development of the freshmen to, uh, for the future years because I think they have three studs right there that can lead the offense and lead Pepperdine to a top four finish in the West Coast Conference. Next up, Portland. I mean, Shantae Leggins has been fantastic. Uh, this team plays a lot better than any Porter coach Portland team I've seen. Uh, the players he's brought in are already better in quality easily than – Porter had I think almost anyone that Porter had Moses Wood is fantastic Tyler Robinson has been great Michael Meadows gets the first triple double in Portland history I mean they haven't played anyone of note yet so they're still an unknown I mean Montana State's decent Portland State wins good but they really haven't played anyone great so I like to see him play I mean Arizona State was the a decent team and they lost but I want to. I'm, I'm curious how they do against Port, uh, Oregon. We've seen two other West Coast Conference teams against them. I, I just uh, I want to see them play a little bit more. A team we can get a better gauge on them, but I mean, than some of these lower ranked uh, teams in the NCA. But seeing them play, I think Arizona State and Oregon. I think you'll get a better know of them. But even when K- uh, Porter played against these teams or teams like this, he would lose. Um, so this is fantastic progress in Portland. And just the offense looks better. Chica Naduka, I mean, a guy that freshman they brought in who wasn't expected to uh, get that many minutes, 7.4 points, 4.7 rebounds. He's been fantastic. And then you're actually seeing Silviera start to step up and uh, play good for him, which I think is a big boost because uh, Vucinovic, he's, he's done fine, but he definitely could use – not having uh, starting. I think he could be – he needs to develop a little bit more before you could really put him in that starting lineup. So I think getting him, Silviera, to start and then Vucinovic off the bench and still get good minutes but not rely on him as much will be a benefit for him and his uh, progression. But Portland's look good so far. I've been impressed with them. St. Mary's, incredible defense. What they are doing on defense is fantastic. Then they're playing the way St. Mary's used to play. Uh 
very good offense playing through the post. Dan Fotu has emerged as a fantastic scorer for him. He's been great in the post. Watched all their... And and even in the game today, he's just been a steady presence for him when they need a bucket. Tommy Cousy's been just the senior that they've needed. The performance in the Maui gym was fantastic. Beating Notre Dame and Oregon is exactly what they needed to do. Wisconsin, I, they could have beat. They had poor late-game management there. But that's not a bad loss. Wisconsin's top 25 team right now. So you're looking at that. I think St. Mary's, looking back how, how they've done, they look like a tourney team, and they've done what they've needed to so far to be considered for an at-large bid. San Diego. Uh, Townsend has looked great. Terrell Brown has looked great. But they've struggled. I think the loss to South Alabama is so unfortunate because that was not a goaltend. They should have beat South Alabama. But even without that, I mean, you still drop games to Cal State Fullerton. Lost by two. Should have won that one. Northridge. They should have beat Northridge. And they lost by four on that one. Those two are brutal losses you can't have if you're trying to build up a resume. Which I know San Diego wasn't a turning quality team coming into the year. But you wanted to see them develop. And they have. But I, they, sh- they need to win those games. Um, so, but team has potential to be better than their record. They, sh- I don't think they should be four and five, but they are. Uh, Townsend and Brown have been fantastic. Erlington has been good. The transfers had performed. Um, unlike LMU, San Diego relied on these transfers, and uh, these transfers are stepping up. So that's been something to know. I mean, if they keep doing the transfer route, it's going to be a lot of turnover in every year. But they're getting good players. Terrell Brown looks like an all defense player of the year right now i mean three and a half blocks a game townsend I, he looks all conference to me i think he might be able to squeeze a second uh second team or even an honorable mention but i mean he's looks good erlington's been good for him monroe as i would like to see wayne mckinney develop over the year because that's that's your point guard of the future highest ranked san diego recruit you want to see him develop and sam schultz has been getting in minutes um and he's been doing fine, but I would like to really see him develop as the year goes on. San Francisco, Aiden No, the last undefeated team in the West Coast Conference. Would not have thought I was saying that at the beginning of the year, but they have done their job so far. Davidson wins good. Nevada win. UAB wins good. UAB win, very good. And they've won these close games too versus those teams. Um, I can see them they're doing what they need to do right now. I can see them... Maybe finishing non-conference undefeated. If they do, that's fantastic because they've scheduled a lot of hard mid-majors. Um, the guards, great at defense. Bouye, Shabazz, one of their underrated things for those two is their defense. They get a lot of steals, and they defend hard. Uh, their transfers, Yahoo Masalski has been fantastic. Um, their post-up, they can bring in Tape. They can bring in Markovetsky. They've been really good. And then Gabe Stefanini, he's been good for him. Transfer. Rish Wayne has been one of the best shooters in the entire NCAA right now, hitting 2.3 a game at 66%. I mean, San Francisco has all the things you need in an upset team. So if they get to the tourney, I'd be paying attention to them because they have the shooting, they have the depth, have the star guards and Shabazz and Bouye. So there's someone to watch. Santa Clara, fantastic team. Jalen Williams is a star. One of the best players in the conference. Led them to an impressive win over TCU with a lot of shooting. Had 30 versus Hawaii. Struggled in Fresno State UC Irvine. That's when those two, they needed Vrankic to 
take off a little bit of pressure for Jalen Williams. But their offense is so well-rounded. Their starting five can all score. Um, you may wish that you had someone on the bench because they're pretty reliant on that starting five to get all their points. But they're so good and so well-rounded, each one of them, that I, they can get away with it, I think. So they'll be really interesting in conference play once they get healthy. Now, on to some recruiting news. Not much has been happening. It's been pretty quiet. San Fran offered a few guys, but Gonzaga is the one team of note. Top 100, 2023 recruit Dusty Stromer uh, visited Gonzaga during the Texas game. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up as a Zag. I think he's someone that's really uh, interested in going to Gonzaga. He seems like a Gonzaga player, 6'6 guard, can do a little bit of everything. So that would be someone uh, to watch if you're a Gonzaga fan. Now, ending the episode with... My top 10 transfers coming into the conference this year. We'll start with honorable mention. Chris Austin from Portland, Michael Meadows from Portland, Alfonso Anderson. Um, Chris Austin and Michael Meadows have been both fantastic for Portland. And the transfers that he's brought in have been great. We have two others on this list, but those two have done or do everything guards. Chris Austin's great slasher, great score for him. Michael Meadows is a little bit of do everything. Alfonso Anderson... Best player on Pacific, in my opinion. He's been good. Behind Jeremiah Bailey. He's been good for them. Now, getting into the top 10. Number 10, Parker Braun, Santa Clara. He's been way better than I expected. Uh, I thought Darujic from Harvard, when he committed Santa Clara, I thought he was going to get a lot of minutes. I thought he was going to be good for him. But he ended up not. Something happened. He isn't on the team anymore. But Parker Braun is now on Got the starting role, and he's been fantastic for him, doing a little bit of everything, especially when Frankage is out. He's really stepped up. Number nine, Terrell Brown. Talked about him. Fantastic at defense. Uh, the back line for that San Diego team. Um, 3.5 blocks a game, 8 points, 8 rebounds. And earlier in the season, he was dominating. He looked great. Um, I had him as high as 5 when I started this list. Now he's dropped a little bit after San Diego's had a dip in performance, but he's been good for him. Eight, Gabe Stefanini. San Fran. He's been a solid guard for him. Uh, I think he's he was one of my I had him ranked before the at the beginning of the season as a top five transfer coming into the conference, and he's held up to that mostly. I mean, he's given San Fran a little bit of everything. I think he's a really good guard to take some of the pressure off uh, Shabazz and Bouye. He can hit his shots, one point eight threes a game, good free throw shooter, gets steals, a little bit of assist, he's a little bit do everything guard, and he's had some games where he stepped up. Number seven, Yahoo Masalski. Arguably, he could be higher just because of how important he is to San Francisco. They had no big going in this year. Um, and he comes in. He was someone they gave some a back line and a Jimbo Lowell-type presence. Free throw shootings to be desired, only 44%. Pretty bad. But gives him rebounds, gives him a back line that can block shots, 1.6 a game, 12 points a game. He's able to score in the post. San Fran didn't have that last year. Um, so that's exactly what they needed, and I think it's big, he's a big part of why they're 8 and 0. Number six, Moses Wood. Been one of Portland's best scorers, around 16 points, 7 rebounds. He's been fantastic. Um, just He's been one of the spearheads. I mean, this Portland, I said they got the four transfers. Moses Wood's been fantastic for him. I mean, he's doing a little bit of everything. He can hit threes, can drive, gets rebounds, just a really good scorer. Number five, Jace Townsend. His stats aren't as may not be as good as Moses would, but I mean he is important in that San Diego team. His mid-range game is fantastic. He's been great in some games. Really is their best scorer when they need a bucket and uh, the leader. 
I would say, of that team. So Chase Townsend, number five. Number four, Tyler Robinson from Portland. Wow, has he been fantastic for him. He missed the first couple games of the season, but since he's come back, he has been incredible. 16.4 points, 7 rebounds, 4.1 assists, along with a steal a game. And he's in 1.93s a game. His three-point shooting should get better. He was statistically one of the best three-point shooters on Eastern Washington last year. Right now, he's only hitting 1.9 at 29%, which you would hope to see go up. But, I mean, he's hitting, he's 92% on his free throws. Uh, so he, he's he's got room to get even better if he can get that three-point shot locked in. Right now, number four. Number three, P.J. Pipes from Santa Clara. P.J. Pipes gave Santa Clara what are, helped address one of their biggest issues. But I'll give him credit. Other players have stepped up. I thought three-point shooting was going to be a weakness for this team. And P.J. Pipes has come in and been fantastic for him. Two threes game at 45.7%. I'll give him credit. Jalen Williams has been a better shooter this year. And Keyshawn Justice has been a sniper this year, which has helped give Santa Clara more of that balanced offense. But P.J. Pipes has been great. Been the point guard for him, getting four assists a game, one steal, 2.6 rebounds, 13 points a game. He's been fantastic and really stepped up also alongside Jalen Williams and Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Justice, once Rankich went out. So I have P.J. Pipes number three. Number two, Tijon jo- Lucas. Struggled last game. Um, had a lot of turnovers, very uncharacteristic of him. But he's been great this year. Um, he was Really on a stretch of good games before that last one. It looked like he was getting more confidence. 11 points a game, 5 assists, 2 rebounds, almost 1-3 game, 80% from free throw line. I mean, he's a great secondary guard for that BYU offense. Good at passing, helps take some of that pressure off Alex Barcelo, and just has been really good for him, a really solid presence, uh, and one of the top scorers for that BYU squad. Number one, I have Rasir Bullen. There's times during this year Rasir Bolin has looked like the best player on Gonzaga. If you look at the beginning of the Duke game, Rasir Bolin was keeping them in it along with Strother. He's been one of their only players that has been a consistent shooter, hitting two threes a game at 45.7%. Hits his free throws super fast. He's one. Of the, I mean, Gonzaga hasn't been playing as fast as they normally do. They've struggled pushing in transition. But Rasir Bolin has been one of the players that just flies down the court. He has speed that reminds me of a uh, Woolridge, who used to be on Gonzaga two years ago. And so seeing him with the ball and how fast he gets down the court, he pushes it for Gonzaga. I mean, it helps him a lot, especially when they're in offensive front. My only problem with him is defensively, you saw the Duke guards use their size and some speed. Even though Rasir's fast, they were just bowling their way by him, and they seem to attack him at the end of that Duke game. So, I mean, he's his defense is to be desired. He's fast. He's not not terrible to under, but he could be better. They need him, though. I mean, when Nemhard's out, Hickman's good, solid ball handler, but he's not quite he's not quite confident yet in offense. And so Rasir gives him an os- another offensive threat, threat off of what they already have if they need another guard to score. That is the end of this podcast episode. Thank you for listening, and I'll have another one out next Thursday.